Drug overdoses, COVID-19, pushed life expectancy to the lowest level since 1996. Spain, Scotland, to allow gender self-determination. U.S. stock market, Wall Street falls, fourth straight day as recession worries nag. Ukraine issues air raid alert in Kyiv, many regions. Montana to let transgender people change their birth record. Vermont governor signs amendment protecting abortion rights. Now, what I just read to you are headlines I just picked up off the Internet this week. And you know, I probably don't need to tell you this, you are already aware of this. Uh, you know that our world is in sad shape and our nation is in sad shape. We have more examples of that every day of how far this world is moving away from the standards that God has set for us. And you rub shoulders with, with people every day who have no use for God, have no desire to know him, who see no need to acquaint themselves with him. Every year when the new year comes, we are made aware again of how this world is operating in ways that are completely opposed to God's plan and the plan that God has had for it. Every year it seems to get a little worse. Now, there are two conclusions to draw from this. First of all, these facts should not surprise us. Now, contrary to much of what the philosophers and the religionists tell us, the world is not going to get better. Uh, man is not going to bring in a better day. We will not at some point find ourselves back in the garden because of man's great strides. It's simply not going to happen. Uh, and that awareness brings us to the second conclusion. Uh, the presence of Jesus Christ, if it was ever needed, it is needed in our world today. The presence of Jesus Christ needs to be here. If people ever needed to see Jesus Christ lived out before them, now is the time for that. And that's why we've chosen this year as our uh, church theme, practicing the presence of Jesus Christ, practicing his presence. If you have a bulletin, hopefully you read that article in your bulletin this morning that lays out the idea of why we've chosen this to be our theme this year. That is a theme I hope every one of you will take on as, a, as your purpose in living this year for Jesus Christ. So as we as believers face this new year, as we face the world around us and with all that is falling apart around us, what should be our attitude and what should we be looking for? How should we be responding to a world that has an, is intent on removing God from every aspect of its operation? If we truly want to practice his presence in our world this year, where should we focus our eyes? Where should we focus our hearts as we continue on in this increasingly depraved world system? Well, that's what I want to address with you this morning as we walk into 2023. Because I find in Scripture there are things that we are dealing with in our world today that really aren't new. We may see them as new, but in fact they're not new at all. The form they take may be new. They may change with the times. But the root issues, the bottom line problems, are as old as time itself. The Bible and the history of the world give us example after example of times in history when things seem bleak, where things seem hopeless, where things there simply seem to be no good place to look. And yet in the midst of all those difficulties, a little phrase comes to mind that gives us hope. It's a phrase that shows us where to look when there seems to be nowhere else to look and nowhere to go and nothing that's going to bring peace to the dire circumstances that we're in. Actually, it's a very common phrase, a phrase that we usually use when we meet somebody that we haven't seen for a while. Or maybe somebody crosses our paths that we weren't expecting to see. When a situation like that arises, we might say, well, look who's here. Look who's here. Now, although we don't use, see those exact words, I think that there are, that simple phrase could often be used in the Bible in situations that arose during very difficult times. And I think that little phrase, that phrase can give us hope and peace and security. It's a phrase that we can focus on on practicing as we practice his presence as we face this uncertain new year. 
So what I want to do is I'm going to go through Scripture with you this morning. You won't be turning to a lot of places today. Maybe just one time I'll have you turn to the Bible. Most of these stories you're familiar with. But I'm going to go through this Bible this morning and look at places where that phrase could be used, where we simply could say, look who's here. And as we do that, I hope you're going to get the point this morning. I hope you'll see how this little phrase gives us everything that we need this new year, no matter what happens. If we catch this concept this morning, then we will be able to rest secure in a world that is drifting closer and closer and closer to ruin and also help others do the same as we come in contact with them. So the phrase is simply this, look who's here. I want to first consider the Israelites in the wilderness. They travel from Egypt with Egypt behind them and the promised land before them. And they're tempted to despair and at times even fall into rebellion. But God was with them all the way through, even in those times of rebellion and unbelief. And on many a night, the discouraged Hebrew could pull open that tent flap and look toward that tabernacle and see that pillar of fire extending way up into the sky. And he could turn to his companions and say to them, everything's all right. There's nothing to fear. God is with us. Look who's here. Look who's here. Next, think about Daniel. The authorities in that day could find no fault in Daniel except as it related to his devotional life. The only problem they could find with Daniel is he prayed too much. He prayed too much. By the way, if that were a crime today, would you be convicted? Would you be found guilty of praying too much? If anything is needed in the hour in which we lived, it is God's people who would, as it were, pray too much. Pray too much. So Daniel, uh, the king had Daniel thrown into the lion's den because of the conspiracy against him. And interestingly, Daniel wasn't the only one who couldn't sleep that night. In fact, he could sleep just fine. It was the King Darius who couldn't sleep. The king who had the finest of everything, this king who slept in the finest palace, in the most comfortable bed, he was the one who couldn't sleep. He was the one who couldn't sleep. And so he got up early in the morning and went to check on Daniel. And he called down to Daniel at the bottom of that lion's den and said, Daniel, how are things going down there? And he really expected no reply. And Daniel replied, King Darius, you might have well gotten your rest. God sent his angel down here, quieted the appetite of these lions, made them into vegetarians. They had no interest in me whatsoever. I slept all night on the main of the biggest one down here. The angel of the Lord was here with me all night. Look who's here, Daniel said. Look who's here. God took care of the entire situation. In that same book, just a few chapters earlier, we read of the story of three Hebrew children we talked about a few weeks ago. Nebuchadnezzar had them thrown into a fiery furnace because they wouldn't go along with the customs and the practices of the day. By the way, if that becomes a crime in 2023, or if it had been a crime in 2022, would there be enough evidence to convict you of that crime? When the culture police came along to see if you were living contrary to the thinking and the practices of the day, would they recognize you as somebody different? Or would you just blend in with the crowd, doing and watching and thinking just like everybody else? Please hear me this morning. If we're going to practice the presence of Jesus Christ in this wicked world in 2023, it's not going to be because we're like everybody else. It's going to be because we stand out. Because we are distinctively different from the culture in which we live. God's going to try and distract you from this message this morning. You know that? He's going to try to keep you from hearing this. He's going to try to get you involved in something else and not hear what's going on here this morning. 
I want you to focus in this morning. I want you to grab a hold here. If there's something distracting you, set it aside. If there's somebody distracting you, set them aside this morning. You need to hear this. I need to hear this. After Nebuchadnezzar had those three boys thrown into that furnace, he looked in and was amazed by what he saw. And he asked those three guards, how many do we throw in there? And the guard said, we threw in three. And Nebuchadnezzar says, that's what I thought. But now I see four. What's going on here? And those boys could have said to him, we have company. The Son of God has shown up to go through the fire with us. Look who's here. Look who's here. By the way, there's an interesting side note to that story the Holy Spirit gives us. The Bible tells us when those three men came out of that furnace, the only thing that had burned on them was the cords that bound them. Everything else that was on them was completely intact. Only the cords burned. And the Bible tells us there was not even the smell of smoke on them when they came out of that thing. Why was that put there? Why did the Holy Spirit allow that? Folks, when God puts us through some difficulty, when God allows us to go through some trial and we suffer for him, we sometimes come out of that difficulty either bragging about what God put us through or moaning about the horrible events that have befallen us. The next time God puts us through a difficulty, we need to pray that when we come out of it, we won't even have the smell of smoke on us. <laughs> we need to pray that after we suffer for him, we learn from that trial, we move forward in our Christian walk, and we move on, and we never let the trial define us. We must allow God's victory in the trial to be our focus every day after the trial ends. Think about Elijah up there on Mount Carmel. There had been no rain in the land for many, many days. God had judged Israel by stopping the rain because of their wickedness. And a confrontation was set up on earth. Uh, before God ever sends a shower of blessings, sin must be confronted. And that is true of individuals, and that is true of nations. And beyond that, before the, God's power was shown on the mountain that day, the Bible tells me God, that Elijah prepared the altar. He prepared the altar. Folks, let me tell you something. Before God can bring revival to a nation or to an individual, the altar must be prepared. Must be prepared. Folks, before God can bring revival, we will never see God's power. We will never see God's blessing until we prepared ourselves spiritually to receive what God has for us. That's why I personally don't believe we'll ever see a nationwide revival in America. I think very few in America have the desire or the understanding to do what must be done to see that happen. They see no need to prepare the altar. They see no need to get right spiritually. And it is sad to say that is almost as true of God's people as it is of the population at large. For many in the church, a revival could come and they wouldn't even notice because their altar is not prepared for it. Elijah prepares the altar. After he does that, he does something very, very strange. You remember, he poured 12 barrels of water on that sacrifice. Now, remember, it had not rained there for days and days and days. The most precious commodity at that time was water. And Elijah takes 12 barrels of water and pours it on that sacrifice. I want to remind you of something this morning. Any sacrifice that we make, if God is going to accept it, it's going to have to cost us something. It's going to have to cost us something. 
Otherwise, my sacrifice will never bring God's power. If I want to show my love to him, if I'm going to sacrifice for my Savior, I've got to give him something that is precious to me. God is not impressed when I surrender things to him that I didn't need anyway. God's not impressed with that. My sacrifice will not bring God's power unless it costs me something. So think about what Elijah did here. He soaks that sacrifice. That sacrifice is drenched in water. You see, if the wood under that sacrifice ever caught fire, Elijah wanted to make sure that they knew that God was the only one who could have done it. He didn't want that fire explained in any other way. And often the reason people aren't impressed with the work that we do for the Lord is because we don't risk enough to show that God is the only one who could have done it. We do it in our power. We use our skills and our resources, and nobody sees God in any of that. That was quite a chance Elijah took. He put his entire reputation and character on the line. Do you realize if that fire had not fallen, if that sacrifice had not been consumed, Elijah would have been a laughingstock in Israel for the rest of his life. And no one would have ever regarded him again. You know what Elijah did that day? He did something that I'm often unwilling to do. He took a risk. He stepped out and said, if I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall because God's not there. I'm going to trust he's there. And so he stepped out that day and soaked that sacrifice and took that risk. And he did. He had such faith in what God can do. He never gave it a second thought. Just dumped water all over it. Let me tell you something, folks. Please hear me on this. And I'm talking to myself as well. Only when I step out and put myself in a place where, where the only explanation for my life is God Only when I am willing to risk everything, only then will the presence of Jesus Christ appear, and only then will people be drawn to what I have and what I am. It's going to have to be him. If they see me, I've lost it. They've got to see him. And I've got to be willing to do anything that I need to do to put myself in the place where they only see him and they see nothing else. And that's going to take a risk. It may take a loss. You may have to give something up that's precious to you. And I was talking to myself as well. But if I want them to see him, I've got to be willing to do that, just as Elijah was willing to do that. When I'm willing to risk everything, please hear me, when I am willing to risk everything, that's when the fire falls. When I'm willing to risk everything, that's when the fire falls. That's the approach that's going to draw people to the Savior in 2023. And when Elijah was all done with that, and when God had demonstrated his power, you know what the people said in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 9? They said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That's what they said. And if I will live that way, if I will allow the power of God to work through my life to do unexplainable things, you know what the people around me are going to say? Look who's here. God is here. God is here. They won't see me. They'll see him. We're told that the man who succeeded Elijah was a man by the name of Elisha. And Elisha, by God's hand, was given the ability to know what the enemies of Israel were going to do before they did it. They couldn't make any attack upon Israel because Elijah would inform, Elisha rather, would inform Israel's leaders of the plan before it happened. Well, finally, one day, one of Israel's enemies, the king of Syria, decided to send armies after Elisha and stop him from doing what he was doing. And so Elisha's servants walked out on that morning and looked out there. And you know what he saw? 
he saw Syrian soldiers to the left of him and Syrian soldiers to the right of him. They were all around. No matter where he looked, the army of Syria was there. And he ran back in and he told Elisha, they have us this time, Elisha. We're surrounded. There's no escape. I want to remind you what the prophet said to him in response. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 16, Elisha says, listen to this, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now think about that servant. <laughs> As he looks out that door and sees that entire army out there, and Elisha says, we've got many more with us than we have with them. I'm sure that servant said, Elisha, I don't know where you're looking, but I don't see him. I don't see him. All I see are waves and waves and waves of Syrian soldiers. By the way, believer, let me remind you of something else this morning as you walk into 2023. Always remember, the statistics are always on your side. No matter what the world says, no matter what the media says, no matter how they try to convince you that the ranks of Christians are declining and the numbers of other religions are growing, never pay much attention to that. We have the entire host of heaven on our side. We have God's entire host and all believers from all generations in our corner with us. We are never outnumbered, no matter what the situation looks like. And no matter what happens in 2023, no matter what attack may come, please remember, God is always the majority. If you got him, you're in the majority. If you've got nobody else. And you've got all kinds of other people as well. <laughs> With God, it's always the majority. Never outnumbered. So in the next verse, Elisha prays and says to God, he says this, Lord, speaking of the servant now, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And God did that. And when God opened his eyes, he saw angels to the right of him and angels to the left of him. The angel of the Lord was encamping round about them, preparing to deliver them. You know, a lot can be solved by where you put your eyes. You solve a lot of issues in your life by where you put your eyes. And the answer, folks, is never to look down. The answer is always to look up. That's always the direction to take. We need to look in the right direction. We need to open our eyes in the right direction. God help us if we're getting our outlook from the TV and all the media outlets. If that's who's influencing your outlook, God help you. <laughs> God help us if we're getting our outlook from what I read to you this morning as I read those headlines to you. I realize the outlook is bad. I realize the downlook is worse. Get the uplook instead. Get the uplook. Thank God for the uplook. Walter Cronkite, you might remember, was a newscaster for CBS. He'd always close his newscast by saying, and that's the way it is. One time, a preacher responded to that by saying, no, that's not the way it is. That's just the way it appears to be. <laughs> I like that. That's good. The way that Elisha saw it was the way that it was. And nobody else may have seen it like he did, but that doesn't matter. He had the right look, and what he saw was the way it was. When you feel surrounded by the enemy, when it seems like everything that you believe and everything you stand for is being swept away by the tide of ungodliness, open your eyes and look who's here. Look who's here. God is with you. And God surrounds you, and you are protected by the mighty hand of the Almighty. The army may surround you. Look who's here. <laughs> Look who's here. 
Consider Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1 says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, the death of Uzziah was a national calamity. He was a king. He was a good king. But 2 Chronicles 26.16 says, When he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Notice, please hear it. Not when he was weak, when he was strong. That's when his destruction came. Sometimes when we're strong, we think we can do it all by ourselves. We think we have no need for God whatsoever. We think we can handle things on our own. And that's why he puts us in the times like the ones we're facing this coming year. We may wonder, why does God allow these things to continue to happen? Why doesn't he just pull us out of here and settle this? You see, folks, God doesn't want us building ourselves up in our own strength. He wants to be seen. And I'm going to tell you something. He can be seen better in this day than he could in a good year. When the destruction is around us, when things seem to be falling apart, that's when he stands out if you're living like you should, if I'm living like I should. That's why he allows us to continue, and that's why you're still here. You see, God wants us constantly looking to him for strength. And usually the only time that we will do that is when we're weak, when, again, we have no place to look but up. I'm going to make a very bold statement to you this morning. The president you have is the president God wants you to have. That's who he wanted. Now, I'm not saying because of his policies. I'm not saying because he's the right man in terms of the morality of this thing. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is this president is giving you the chance to show Jesus Christ in a way you never could otherwise. And that's the truth. That's the truth. You may not like the fellow. Beside the point, God has given you an opportunity to stand against the immorality of the day, and the immorality couldn't be any more obvious than it is today. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why he hasn't come yet. Be very careful trying to get God, get God, get, have God get you out of a situation that he wants you in. <laughs> you step outside the will of God when you do that. What God does not want, folks, he does not want you handling this year in your own strength. That's why he puts you into this situation. God doesn't want you building yourself up in your own strength and feeling like everything is under control and we can handle it all. I know this. I can't handle what's going on out there. I can't change it in my own strength. Haven't been called to do that. I've got other strength to do that. God wants us constantly looking to him for strength. And the only time we do that is when we're weak, when we have no place to look but up. So God judged Uzziah for his sin. And all the people are in mourning and they're in despair. They are saying to themselves, if a good king like Uzziah can be killed for his sin, where does that leave us? But while all the people were focused on the minus, Isaiah saw the plus. Listen to the verse again, Isaiah 6.1. In the year that Uzziah died, that's the minus, I saw the Lord. There's the plus. Now, that should be your prayer, believer, as you face the new year. As you see all the minuses around you, when you see everything that you believe in and have invested your life in being ridiculed and dismantled and cast away in the midst of all those minuses, may God use those events to get us also to see the Lord. May the weakness that we feel as we sense that we are outnumbered and disregarded, may we, in that weakness, focus on him. Focus on him. 
You see, all of Israel was focused on the fact that Uzziah was gone. Isaiah was focused on the fact that God wasn't gone. And this whole world is trying to push him out, and he's still here. He's still here. I want you to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I think these two verses are the best verses I could possibly give you as we face a new year. Hebrews chapter 2, when you get there, look at verse 8. Hebrews 2, 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. Watch it. But now we see not yet all things put put, uh, under him. It says not yet. Not yet. The world is not yet under God's full dominion and God's full control. And because that's the case, you see sin reigning. You see all the things going on around you. You see this world doing what it's doing. That's why. Because things are not yet all put under him. But look at verse 9. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus. All things are not yet put under him. The world is going crazy. But we see Jesus. In spite of all the wickedness, our eyes cannot and should not and need not focus there. Please don't get focused on all the bad things going on in this world today. Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on him. This year, don't look at what's going on around you, no matter how bad it gets. Instead, look who's here. Look who's here. Look who's here. Look who's here. here. Jesus is still here, and surely all things are going to be put under him. That may happen this year. It may happen. It may not. It hasn't happened yet. Don't be concerned, folks. He is still here. His plan will still be fulfilled, just like he promised. God is still on the throne. Behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Look who's here. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Look who's here. John the Baptist said in John chapter 1, verse 26, There standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who's coming after me is preferred before me. Look who's here, John the Baptist said. Look who's here. Every Sunday morning, every Thursday night, when I stand in this pulpit, if I'm doing the job that God and you have called me to do, I should be crying out, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Look who's here. Peter and John were in the temple and said to the lame man, look on us. They weren't asking him to look on them specifically. They weren't telling that man to look at what great preachers they were or what great healers they were. What they meant was, we represent somebody you can't see. And that man looked on them and saw Jesus and went away leaping. Look who's here. Look who's here. As we exist in this place, we ought to proclaim, look who's here. When I walk out my door, I ought to proclaim, look who's here. When I face the trials and the troubles that life brings, my testimony should be, look who's here. Look who's here. And as we face the difficulties of this new year, when you see the immorality and the agnosticism and the lawlessness that this new year is going to bring, we should not become discouraged or distressed. We should not be in despair. Instead, we turn our eyes toward heaven and we practice the presence of Jesus and we cry out to all who will hear, look who's here. Jesus Christ is still here. He's still here. 
Realize, believer, we are not alone as we face these trials. Not alone as we face the unbelief of this day. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Look who's here. He's right beside us, giving us strength and courage and faith that we need to deal with as 2023 unfolds. Look who's here. Believer, that's who you need to point to in this new year. As the trials and difficulties increase, as things become more uncertain, as people look for answers and find none, we need to be that one who stands in the midst of that crowd and cries out, look who's here. Look who's here. In these times, folks, people need not to see us, not our church, not our bank account, not our new car. They need to see Jesus. Your world needs to see Jesus. Those people you rub shoulders with, they need to see Jesus. That's who they need to see. And my life will either proclaim him or conceal him. And yours the same. I heard of a church one time. Had a picture of Jesus behind the pulpit. And when the preacher would preach, he'd block that picture from being seen. One day the preacher was running late. A little girl asked her mom, Mom, where is the man who stands up there so you can't see Jesus? (laughs) I'm afraid there are many believers who do the same thing. They get in the way and Jesus can't be seen. They react the way the world does. They despair like the world does. They seek the same answers that the world seeks and attempt the same solutions that the world seeks. And what believers should be doing with every, in every way they live, with every breath they take, every believer ought to be proclaiming, look who's here. Look who's here. There was no, desperate, nor, no more desperate situation than the one that Mary and Martha faced. Their brother had just died. And they called for Jesus Christ, and two days later he came. And when he showed up, Martha was a bit upset and said to him in John 11, 21, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, she was right, but she was unaware of something greater that was about to happen. Her brother was to be raised from the dead. Jesus Christ told her, thy brother shall rise again. And she said, I know that he shall rise in the resurrection at the last day. And again, she was right. But Jesus Christ looked at her and said this, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You see, folks, the resurrection is primarily not a doctrine. The the, the resurrection primarily is a person. (laughs) That's what the resurrection is. It's a person. Look who's here. Look who's here. They went to that grave, and Jesus Christ said, roll the stone away. And Martha spoke up again, and she said, Lord, he's been dead four days. If we roll that stone away, we're going to create a very uncomfortable situation. (laughs) But again, she's missing the point. What matter did it how long Lazarus had been dead? They had the Son of God standing there. Look who's here. God's Son can take any situation, any seemingly hopeless occurrence, and make something great out of it and do something great with it. There are many situations in Scripture, many instances where Jesus Christ appeared at just the right time. I want to remind you of one more. Jesus Christ is in a boat with his disciples. He decided to take a nap. While he was sleeping, a storm came up. And the disciples forgot who they had at the bottom of the boat. They forgot the Son of God was sleeping down there in the bottom of that boat. And so they woke him up terrified. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, they asked him a question. Carest thou not that we perish? Aren't you concerned that we're all going to die? They forgot who was there. They forgot who was there. 
They forgot they had somebody in that boat who had control of the wind and the water. And so they cry out to him in fear. And the Son of God stood and simply said two words. You remember him? Be still. Be still. All he had to say is, be still, and those seas calmed like glass, and the wind turned to nothing more than a gentle, refreshing breeze. I've got to think, when that happened, those disciples stood and looked at each other and said to each other, look who's here. <laughs> look who's here. The one who controls the waves, the one who controls the seas, that one who controls all of nature, he's in our boat. He's right here. They forgot who was there. It's happened to me. I forget who's here. <laughs> and they said to each other, remember the words, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, <clears throat> we have charted our course for a new year. God has permitted us to stay here a little while longer. So here we are. And like it or not, you have boarded the boat and you set sail on the seas of 2023. And I know the seas of the last year have been rough and the winds have been strong. I want to say something to you while it's discouraging you. There is no indication whatsoever that it's going to calm at all. <laughs> no indication at all that 2023 is going to be any better. In fact, all indications point to hurricane force winds and sea waves like we've never seen before. That's just reality. <laughs> That's just how it is. And we might look across those waves and see those dark skies coming and those dark clouds gathering. And we may say to one another, we're going to perish. We can't navigate these waters. We have no control over the winds and the waves. Our boat is going to capsize under the attack of all the forces of this world and this culture and the system under which we live. We're going to go under because of all of this. Believer, go to the bottom of the boat and just see who's there. <laughs> Just go down to the very bottom and look who's there as calm as possible. While all that storm's going on around those disciples, he was asleep because there was no concern. Because he had control over all of it and he knew it. He knew it. You are not in the boat alone in 2023. Please hear me this morning because you're going to need that somewhere along this, this journey of this next year. You're going to need to hear that. You are not navigating these seas of 2023 by yourself. The Son of God is in the boat. He's there. That Son of God who has control over all things, that Son of God who made all things and by whom all things consist, He's in the boat with you this morning, right there beside you. Look who's here! Look who's here. How can I fear? How can I worry? How can I dread what's coming? God Almighty is in the boat. <laughs> Navigating the seas and every wave and calming every storm. Look who's here. Look who's here. The armies of the enemy have gathered around us. So what? Look who's here. The pagan worshipers are all around us. So what? Look who's here. The nation is in shambles and the nation is in ruin. So what? Look who's here. Look who's here. My brother is dead and in the grave. So what? Look who's here. The storm is raging. The waves are overpowering. So what? Look who's here. Look who's here. I know you know this, but I need to be reminded every so often, so I'm going to remind you as well. It makes no difference whatsoever what happens in this coming year no difference 
whatsoever. It doesn't matter what Washington does. It doesn't matter what Moscow does. It doesn't matter what Tehran does. It doesn't matter what North Korea does. And I could go on and on and on. It doesn't matter what anybody does. Look who's here. Look who's here. It doesn't matter what your neighbor does. It doesn't matter what your family does. It doesn't matter what your co-workers do. It doesn't matter what Wall Street does. It doesn't matter about any of that. Look who's here. Jesus Christ is in the midst of us. And he promises that his plan will work out just like he designed it to work out. And nothing and no one will ever get in the way of that. Now, you may suffer heartache and sorrow and trial this coming year. You may be bruised and battered and bloodied. You're not promised to go through this life unscathed or this year unscathed. But look who's here. Look who's here. <laughs> the place to focus your eyes this year is not around us or down us, or down under us. It is to focus above us. The place to point when winds and wave come is to the master of the winds and the wave. And the place to point other people is not anywhere else but to the one who controls it all. They don't need to see your presence. They don't need the presence of some educator or some politician or some philosopher. What your world needs this year is the presence of Jesus Christ. That's what they need. They need believers who when the next catastrophe occurs and it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. They need to see believers who stand confident and at peace and show by their lives and by their testimony that he is here. He is here. Look who's here. Because if you're saved here this morning, if you're listening, you're saved, you know, here's what you know. You know that the comfort and the peace that the Bible offers in these trying times is offered only to those who know Jesus Christ. A person who has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior for the payment of their sins has no place to look when the difficulties come because no other place and no other person offers what Jesus Christ offers. But those who have trusted him have the blessed comfort of knowing that every storm is calmed by the one that we have trusted. And so, if you're listening today and you don't know him, you don't have that hope this morning, but you can have it. That same salvation is offered to everybody within the sound of my voice. If you repent of your sins, ask Jesus Christ, God, to save you based on the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross, he will save you. If you'll simply say, Lord, look who's here. If you'll just look who's here, he'll save you today. So if you're lost here this morning, if you're here in this place or watching by Facebook Live or YouTube and you're lost here today, what I want to say to you is don't face a new year with no hope and no comfort. Put your faith in him. He'll save you and he'll walk with you no matter what comes. Believer, if you know him this morning, would you take on the challenge of this new year? Would you take on the theme that we presented to you this morning? Would you practice his presence this year? Would you begin to live like Jesus Christ is there with you? Would you take his message to this struggling world? Would you practice his presence in such a way that when they see you walk up, they will say, look who's here. It's not you, it's him. They see Jesus Christ in you. Practice his presence in this unstable world. Help those around you to see him. Look who's here. Look who's here. Heads bowed.